Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We need visibility. We need as much visibility as possible. We need to create a support network. We need to create a group where people can feel that they can tap into something and go, oh, um, these people are going through exactly what I'm going through, what is already normal, which is that same-sex couples are, have, have families and have been having families for decades. It's not, it's not like a new thing. And, you know, the reason I wrote my book is because there was nothing. There was nothing at all that was, a, that, that, that was about what I was going through. And I was like, you know, I can't be the only person that, that's doing this. Uh, you know, the more people talk about it, the more normal it is. And the more normal it is, the less homophobia there'll be. And the less homophobia, the, you know, the better quality of life our children have and, and will have as a family. Amen to that. So welcome to Some Families. This is the LGBTQ parenting podcast that I have wanted to listen to and instead of listening to it, I'm now hosting it, um, which is great because I get to find out all the same information yeah. but also satiate my huge diva-like ego by wearing um, headphones and sitting in front of a microphone. But yes, Some Families, it's our LGBTQ parenting podcast Um Stu, tell us some more about Hello. it. Hello, yes, welcome. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Some Families, as Lottie said, and it is really for all those different families out there. You know, some people have two mums, some people have two dads, some people have a combination, or they've come into this world through various different means, mm-hmm. which we're here to discover, learn more about, discuss, and and really help inform people out there and to talk to you and, and, and hear from you. Mm-hmm. So I'm Stu Oakley. I'm a father of two. Uh, through adoption. And I am Lottie Jeffs and I'm a lesbian mother of one. My wife carried our daughter. So we're going to find out what's new. We're going to talk about what's on the bleeding edge Mm. of parenting. Yes, what's happened this week. So I wandered into a comedy club the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Just sauntered in with my martini and I was like, who's this who's performing tonight? And it was only... It was only lesbian mum... Jen Brister. Jen bloody Brister. The other mother. The other, can we say the other, other mother? Because I think I'd like to be the other mother in this. So you're the other mother. She's She's the the other other mother. mother. But she does have a book called The Other Mother. So you're technically the gentlewoman. I'm the yeah. I do have a book called The Gentlewoman. So okay, fine. She can be the other mother, but um, you got to talk to her, and it is brilliant. Yeah, she was incredible, incredibly funny. Thank God. I mean, it's her career. Thank God. (laughs) You know, she is she is funny. Uh, She has written a book. Called the other mother. Mm-hmm. She is a lesbian. Um, I mean, she'll she'll tell you all about it herself. But she is a, a lesbian mum of 
two gorgeous twin boys. Um, I mean, what a handful to have twins. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, and so I talked all about, you know, how she deals with touring and how daily life with her and her partner. The and emotional how they... load, how they split things up. Exactly. And she was fantastic. Let's have a listen. Yeah, yes. Very positive vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just assumed that my kids, without me having to do anything, without me having to say anything, they would just naturally be woke lesbians. Yeah. They would just be naturally right on, socially conscious, forward thinking feminists with just the right amount of empathy to apply that. Uh, you know, race, religion and uh, sexuality. But as it turns out, these pricks can't cope with a broken biscuit. So... Um... Uh, I have a partner, my girlfriend, and we have twin boys who are five. So what do you call each other to the kids? Is one mama and one? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm mama. Yeah. And Chloe's mummy. Right. And that's how. Yeah. So then they're very clear about those yeah. names. And if sometimes at school they'll say, "Oh, mummy's here to pick you up," and they'll come out and they'll go, "This isn't <laughs> mummy. <laughs> She's not mummy." And then people are looking at me, going, "Who are you then?" It's like, "Oh, never mind." I, I, I'm legitimately allowed to be here. And how did you come to have your twin boys? We just, it was a lot of friction. Um, no, we, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, we did IVF, that's what we did. We skipped uh, IUI and we went straight to IVF. Okay. Uh, in utero insemination, case, in case anyone's confused. Um, and that, we, we started the process about, about, probably about seven years ago, so it took us a couple of years to get, to get um, my partner pregnant, to get Chloe pregnant. And was it Chloe's kind of desire, as you said, to, to be pregnant that kind of led to the decision that she would be the, the birth biological mother? Yeah, and... yeah. I mean, it was a very short conversation. Like, I think it was something like, do you want to do it? I, was like, oh. I said, oh, I don't, I don't really, I really want to do it. Oh, okay, you do it. So that was it. <laughs> Easy decision, done. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I, I imagine, I imagine with some um, lesbian couples that it's, you know, it might be quite, it might be that both of them really want to get pregnant, but I, I, I have to, to be honest, I was 37 when we started and all, any urge that I might have had in my early 20s, which I did, to be pregnant had, had disappeared quite a long time ago. So it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was missing out. And, I, and I, having seen what Chloe went through when she was pregnant, I still don't feel like I was missing out. Yeah. And was that always the the path you saw, or did you kind of explore other paths? I mean, I think uh, I think when we started, uh, we did consider we did consider in utero, we did consider adoption. Mm -hmm. I would have been perfectly happy to adopt, but um, I know that uh, Chloe was much had a much stronger desire to be pregnant, and so it you know, it made sense for us to at least try. And I think if it hadn't, we hadn't been successful, we, we almost certainly would have adopted, definitely. Would have gone through that. So you've obviously famously referenced yourself as the other mother. Oh, I mean, I, I don't really reference myself as anything. I mean, I, I, I suppose I called myself the other mother because, for the book because particularly when the children were babies... Oh, God, there's endless conversations about who's mum and um, isn't it lovely that... You've got a friend helping you and all that crap. It was, was so... It used, to, it used to really get on my tits. And so I would find myself having to explain myself as the other mother. Um, but now that my children... For some reason, now that my ch our children are older, people don't seem to ask us those questions anymore. But when, but when they're babies, people ask very intrusive questions that they simply don't when your kids are older. I think... 
people like people like babies, like they like you know little animals and puppies and things. But once people don't really like children, they they like. In this country, we love a baby and we hate kids. And, and they can it. start talking back to them. Yeah, I mean, once, or you have to try and hold a conversation or, with them. Or once they've got personalities, yeah, they can really off. So I think that's a general vibe. <laughs> but I do also think that when possibly it might be that people are, are, are more aware of same-sex um, couples having children. You know, so much can happen. I mean, God, so much happens in twelve months, doesn't it? For heaven's yeah. sake, there is something about having a baby that people feel like they can offer you advice or that they can just stop you and talk to you or they can pick up your baby or touch you know, I, in a way that that just stops as your children yeah. get older That's, but it's very very possibly a bit of both and have you noticed anything different from being at the school gates or any I mean you you live in Brighton right yeah and yeah. that is you know having knowing Brighton is a bit of a different place than say maybe other places in the countries people don't care no. Genuinely, they don't care. No one's battered an eyelid. Teachers, other parents. So, yeah. uh, we, I think. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certain there are there are plenty of other uh, same-sex couples within yeah. the, within school. I haven't met any in our year in my right. children's year yet, but they might be. I just I'm not very good at the school gates. That's a whole new. No. That's a whole new political landscape which yep. I which I'm struggling to navigate. Lottie and I have talked quite a bit actually how. We, similarly, we haven't found anything different that, uh, you know, about being LGBT parents at the school run, but we have both talked about that sometimes we're expecting it or waiting for it sometimes. Like, is that something you, or are you just super, you're just chilled? Uh, I, well, I certainly, when the children were smaller, I, I, I was always waiting for it. I was constantly in a state of, like, heightened, oh, here we go, here's the, oh, the question's coming. They're going to ask about breastfeeding. I didn't breastfeed them. You know, I, I, I did feel that. Also, when they're, when they're smaller, uh, you are doing... Uh, you tend to do activities with, where the babies don't do anything. Now that they're a bit older, they sort of run off and they can play. Yeah. So I can play with them. Yeah. So then I can avoid that. Yeah. Those conversations. So I, I've, I've had a lot less of them. But, yeah, when they were, when they were sort of naught to two, mm -hmm. that it was constant. And it, yeah. it, it, it really... By the end of it, I suppose, I, was, I would try not to get stroppy with people yeah. who were just being asking me quite a reasonable question. But, I, but I, I think a lot of that was hang-ups about me not being a proper parent or me not being... Mm. Which I just don't have anymore. And you're five years in. That comes I, I'm, with I'm the five, confidence of, you know, every... Absolutely. It's still an adventure and journey, but you yeah. are five years in. Oh, and yeah, I'm five years in. And, you know, when they're babies, you're like, well, I don't really know how they feel about me. I mean, I know how I feel about my children, but I don't know how they feel about me. So, I mean, they, obviously babies all can show you love. Of course they can. And, and, and my children were very territorial of, around the both of us in some ways. Um, but now that they're sort of five and they constantly need... You can see that they need you and they want you and, and, yeah. and they tell you that they love you, then you're like, oh, I've, got, I've nailed this. It's fine. So all of that neurosis is now kind of lifted a bit. I'm not saying I don't have the occasional attack, but it's it's rare. It's yeah. very rare. And also, you're often in the throes of, like you said, you've got your kids off, and you're yeah. going to go to work, and you think, oh God, I haven't got, I haven't got, I'm, what am I going to, what are they going to have for dinner tonight, and who's going to, I mean, if I'm home late, will I get to see them before they go yeah. to sleep, and all that sort of stuff. So, it's the logistics of having children sort of yeah. kind of diffuse all of those anxieties and neuroses that you might ordinarily have if you were just sitting on your own thinking about it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's 50-50 balance because it can't be because I'm away such a lot. So if mm. I said that, I mean, I would... Li and Chloe was listening to this. Chloe would be like... <coughs> she'd be like, I don't... 100% uh, no. 
you know, there have been points since the children were born that it was, that it was much more 50-50. I think what we do have is um, I'm a lot more aware and more conscious of what Chloe is doing so that it's not like I'm like, oh, that happened and I'm not aware of it. You know, like I'm aware of the fact that she does, for example, she went out and got all the school clothes for the kids because, I, you know, I was in Edinburgh Festival. Before that, I was wor working towards doing the Edinburgh. I was completely useless, uh, practically, or thinking forward. She, you know, she'll be the one that thinks about the extra things that the children might need yeah. um, that, I'm not, that I'm not thinking about because I'm not in the house yeah. <laughs> away. So, but what, what I think we do have is that we are... We're not ignoring that. Mm -hmm. That so that she's that the fact that Chloe's having to take on that load isn't going unnoticed by yeah. me. And I think that it's not that mental load that she takes on is something that I'm like, right, you know, you did that. Now I need to take over a bit at the weekend, so I will do that. Or you need to tell me if there's anything I can take off that very long list that you have when I have like a Monday off, and then she'll give me a list of stuff to do. So I, I, you know, I'm not saying that I'm the person that does it all with Chloe, but I what I would say is that some of my friends who are in heterosexual relationships who their, their, their partners are just completely oblivious mm. they just don't notice it just gets done and they're like and they, they don't even notice it's being done and, and that's the thing that drives them mad it's not yeah. that they have to do it it's just that nobody they, there's zero appreciation some, yeah, for the fact no that, that somebody's doing it um and I think that that in same-sex couples whether it be two women or two men you're constantly communicating what you're doing with each other and so that Hopefully one person doesn't feel like someone's taking the piss, you know. We're going to take a quick break, crack open the gin and see you in a sec. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's pick up where we left off. You, you've talked uh, before about uh, your advice to people about raising boys. Wondering if they asked, you know, any questions yet that has indicated about where the dad is. Or... Mm. They've never really asked if where their dad is, because we very <laughs> early on drummed in to the fact that some people don't have a dad. Yeah, that every family is different and there are, and I think that's probably the key bit of advice is, is surrounding yourself with other different, wonderfully mixed families that then if you reflect can, everything. It's really easy for me to say that because it's, you know, it just happens to be that I have mm. all of these mates on my doorstep. So yeah. it's, I, 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 I'm not, it's not because I'm like, I sought this out. I was yeah. very fortunate to have 
to have the, you know, these friends who were already living in Brighton that also had children. Um, but I really think that, particularly for your children as they get older, even if you don't feel like you need it for you, mm -hmm. I guarantee you your children will need it. And, yeah. I, and I think it's, 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 un, it's only fair to them to let them see that they are not freaks or unusual or that, they, mm. that their family isn't sort of odd, that their yeah. family is perfectly normal and, yeah. you know, it's important for children to see that reflected. So I just think for, for lesbian and gay parents is just remember that you are, there is nothing happening mm. to you as a parent that is... Isn't happening to yeah, any other parent. Yeah. Exactly. So when you're having these conversations, you think, oh, God, this is going to be a bit weird because I'm not, yeah. I'm not the, the mum, I'm not the biological mum. Ultimately, once you get down to the nitty-gritty and you're in these conversations, you're all... Uh, uh, once you've got past birth, yeah. yeah, then you're all in the same shit together. Yeah. You're all not sleeping. Your, your kid's not... It, yeah. Your kid is throwing, chucking your food at the wall. Someone's taking a shit in your shoe. Yeah. And uh, your partner got drunk last night and, uh, you know, is vomiting in the toilet and he's left you on your own with the kids. I mean, it's all yeah. the same stuff that would happen yeah. to any p parents. Yeah. And so um, you can always bond... Yes. But have you thought about what the answer might be or have you got an answer if they do, when they do start questioning about the, you know, the, the donor and... Yeah, we've got, um, uh, we've got a book somewhere about it, which we bought before the children were born, actually, which explained, which is like a story about where, about where the donor comes from and why we chose the donor and... Um, but the conversations that we had so far is they want to, they kind of want to know where a baby comes from, and so we said, you know, we choose a very special seed, and then we put seed into mommy's tummy, and then the baby <laughs> grows, and then a baby is born. They still think, they still think, I mean, basically, they think one of them was in Chloe's tummy, and one of them was with mine. With, with, right. They still haven't figured out that they were both. Even when we say that yeah. we're both together. Yeah. One of my sons is like, no, no, mama, I was inside <laughs> mama's tummy. And I was like, mm, no, we got your seed from a special man yeah. who, who lives in another country. And um, we chose you, you know, very carefully because we were so excited yeah. about having you. And um, we, you know, we have chosen a donor that if they wanted to meet him, he's up for it. I, I think as parents, what we want to do is try to let our children know that they can express themselves yeah. and, and, and to talk about their feelings um, and to not worry about gender, you know, to not, to not worry. Things aren't gendered like feelings and, you know, and, but, uh, you know, we're up against it, you know, even now that they're back at school, you know, mm. I've got one son who loves wearing dresses and he yeah. absolutely, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that he wants to be a girl, but he just loves all girly things. He loves, his favourite colour is pink and, you know, he, now he's come back and uh, he's like, oh, I'm not into dresses anymore and, um, I've never liked pink and it's like what you've only been at Where's school for a month from, yeah. this is so depressing so what we've said to him you know they've got two mums and we're bloody brilliant and there's yeah. absolutely if they have any desire to do anything that is considered feminine or then we, we definitely wholeheartedly support them so we have an aunt Sally who's the inappropriate person at a party that comes up and asks the most ridiculous question oh god yeah <laughs> Have you had an Aunt Sally moment and, oh, and God. how did you respond? I've had loads. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's possible to avoid those, is it? Um, which one of you is the dad? Right. That's, I mean, listen, that was very, that was a really close to being punched in the face moment for that person. Yeah. Um, how do you respond? Like, <laughs> uh, 
Well, I just, I just sort of, like, don't. I'm like, I think you've misunderstood what a lesbian relationship yeah. is. There are no, there's no men here, so there are, can't be a dad, can yeah. there? Oh, yeah, but, you know, one of you's the dad. No, neither of us is the dad. It's two mums. Oh, yeah, but... Oh, that kind of crap. Um, I can't, I'm just trying to think. That was probably the most, that, 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 and often it was said as a joke. Someone thought that it was funny, but I just never, ever, ever, ever found it funny. And I was never even, I was, I, I just never found it even possible to make my face look like I found it funny. So there was always just like Easter Island head, you know, yeah. looking back at them going, yeah, ask me another question now before I punch you. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be my Aunt Sally question, I suppose, yeah. Well, thank you, Aunt Sally. Why do you think we do need a podcast like this for families who are either thinking about or on the journey like we are? We need visibility. We need as much visibility as possible. And we need um, as much support. We need to create a support network. We need to create a group where people can feel that they can tap into something and go, oh, um, these people are going through exactly what I'm going through if it's not exactly similar. Um, and, you know, who doesn't want to have their experience reflected back at them? It's also really important, I think, so that we normalise what is already normal, yeah. which is that um, same-sex couples are, have, have families and, and, and have, by the way, and have been having families for decades. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like a new thing. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not, just because I've written this book, I'm not like the vanguard of, like, lesbian mums. I just happen to be one of the first people to, to write a book about it. And, con you know, the reason I wrote my book is because there was nothing. There was nothing at all that was, a, that, that, that was about what I was going through. And I was like, you know, I can't be the only person that, that's doing this. And so, you know, I, I felt compelled to, to write these. It was originally just these little short, short articles for a, for, a web, for a website standard issue. And then it ended up becoming a book. Uh, but just so that it was like, if you're in the same experience as me, if you're doing what I'm doing, just know that you're not the only person doing it. And also, I know that because I constantly have people contacting yeah. me going, thank you so much for your book. It was really good to hear. It means a lot to people. It, it does. It means a lot. And, and, and um, uh, you know, the more people talk about it, the more normal it is. And the more normal it is, the less homophobia there'll be. And the less homophobia, the, you know, the better quality of life our children have and, and will have as a family. Amen to that. Thank you, Jen. What's your next project? What's what are you kind of looking to do? Well, uh, I will be going on tour with my show, Underprivileged, and I'm all over the country, uh, I think, until the end of May, as is my book. Do buy my book. Thank you very much, Jen. So from your point of view, Lottie, listening back to Jen's story, what, how do you feel her journey maybe differs to yours? I did think it was interesting how she spoke about Really, who's most likely to get pregnant? But also, I loved the way Jen was like, uh, she, my partner asked me if I wanted to, and I was like, meh, not bothered. <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> that was that. Easy. Yeah. And, you know, she makes the point that probably for some um, same-sex female couples, it's not like that, and both have a kind of really physical desire to carry a child. And that's probably a complicated conversation. It's one that I'm kind of thinking about at the moment, actually, because my wife... Jenny had our first child and I've always thought oh I'll go next but now it's actually coming up to the time when I should be doing it and I'm really challenging myself of like do I want to have my own child like is that a real deep-seated physical want for me or do I just want to be a mum and actually 
I feel like I just want to be a mum and mm. being my daughter's mum is so satisfying to me. Yeah. Like I don't feel any lack or any sense of like, oh, it's not quite the full experience. Yeah. Absolutely not. It satiates me in so many ways uh -huh. and I can't imagine it being more fulfilling. But my wife says to me, it is. And yeah. like she wants me to experience what she experiences. So I think I'm open to giving it a go, yeah. but I don't think I'm going to be obsessed with it working for me. I think at the moment, at least, I feel like if it doesn't work two, one or two times, fine. It wasn't supposed to be. But if it does work, yeah. then what? Yeah. <laughs> then I'm really worried. But then that's, I think it's so interesting. You and I are so similar with that at the moment in the sense of, you both all of our children all of our children the many children that love <laughs> you know my children your your daughter they're they're not blood they're not biological mm. but god we love them mm -hmm. with every ounce of our being and they are us and mm -hmm. and 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 they're so special so i completely get what you're saying you can't imagine think, that anything, no, that it would be better. No. And I, I, I would, I, you know, I always used to think I'd love to have my own biological child somehow. And we moved away from that very quickly. But I, I just, I can't imagine now. So I, I can completely understand where you're coming yeah. from. And it's funny because I've spoken to quite a few lesbian couple friends who are thinking about going on their journey to having kids. And one of the things that comes up for the, person that isn't going to be the one that carries the child is they say to me like I'm really worried I'm not going to love it or I'm not going to feel anything for it and I just say you really don't need to worry about that because as soon as you hold that baby in your arms even before you know mm. the whole pregnancy if you're involved you're living it every day you're yeah. watching that bump grow mm. you're so invested in it it's so yours from that very moment I remember looking at the little ultrasound picture at like three months and just thinking that's my child and that's such a powerful feeling and I think you can over intellectualize it to the point that you kind of talk yourself out of it and think oh well it's not mine and it's not blood and you just need to stop thinking yeah. and start feeling and just let those feelings happen and you've got nothing to worry about. But from where Jenny's coming from mm. like do you think actually having that balance in your family, regardless of your feelings, because yeah. at the end of the day, and I'd imagine, you know, if a new child came along, you're not going to think, oh, actually, biologically, this this one's mine and this my one's daughter's more mine. not. Yeah. And I suppose then that addresses also from Jenny's point of view, because she's saying, give it a go, because you don't know what it feels like. Mm. But actually, she could be the other way around. She doesn't know what it's fit. It and feels she doesn't like, know what it's well, this is your really side. interesting. And this she is... would be like, wow, yeah, God, I love that child just as much as I love our daughter. Well, I like, wonder if it would be harder that way around, because maybe it's harder once you've felt that physiological mm. connection to a child, which is, for everything I've just said, carrying the child in your body you do have a different relationship with yeah, it of course. you just do yeah. like it's physical mm. um i wonder if it would be harder her way round to then have a relationship with a child that she didn't have that physical experience mm. with because she's got that to compare it to she's feeling the differences of that in the way that i wouldn't 
I find it so interesting to think what that dynamic would be yeah. like as well. Like if we both had one child each, it's almost like, well, that one's mine and that one's yours. You know, how do you navigate that? We should get someone on that's done that to talk about it. I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you're not there thinking like, yeah. that's my one and that's your one. But it must come into yeah. the relationship in some way. And I can really see the appeal of egg sharing from that respect because you do both probably feel like you're equally physically, biologically mm. invested. But with gay parenting, like so much of it, I think is it's intellectual and it's how you choose to frame and speak about your family and the language you use and the the semantics of it as much as it's about, you know, who literally is the mum and the dad. You know, it's because it's so not about who's the mum and the dad. It's yeah. so something other anyway. It's almost like it's all up for grabs. You can do what yeah. you want with it. Which is what Jen was coming to in the sense of, I mean, her whole thing about the other mother mm -hmm. and having to almost constantly explain how she is the other mother yeah. and feeling like she needs to explain how she is the other mother. Yeah. Okay, well, this has been amazing. We have mm -hmm. <laughs> drunk a bottle of red wine. We've eaten a lot of Haribo. Um, we should probably get back to our families. So, or should we just crack open another bottle? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're out now. The we're kids out, are yeah. bed. It's that done. thing of like, like we've no missed bedtime now. anyway. Yeah. So. so come on, everyone. Help us spread the word. We want to hear from as many people as possible. Um, leave us a review. We really want to hear what you think. Tell all your friends. Yeah, tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, this is such new territory. There's so much we could talk about. And so many people go through incredible different journeys and we want to hear from you we want to talk about it all so please do get in touch yeah i mean already on just our very short journey together lottie mm -hmm. and i have already feel like we've come up with the <laughs> hundreds of combinations of different family totally. types like there is and i'm no sure there's end. more out there so <laughs> yeah. send us your questions we want to hear from you tell us what you want to hear more of and you can find all our details in the show notes cheers. good night cheers Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.